You're listening to the Business Simplified Podcast. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Karen Tisdall around success with LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is one of the most overlooked social media platforms. Most people assume that it's just an online place to hold your resume, but there's so much more to it than that. And that's why I invited Karen to come and speak to us today. She's actually one of the top 10 independent LinkedIn trainers around Asia Pacific. So she certainly knows her stuff. And you're going to hear that she even gives me a little coaching in the middle of this episode as well, which I absolutely loved because you all know that I love to learn along with you as I'm interviewing these experts. So enough from me. Let's get stuck into this. I think that if you haven't been using LinkedIn, this is absolutely an episode you want to listen to because you might just find a new way to generate new leads for your business. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Tracy Leake, and I've been at every stage of small business from struggling through to success. For the last 15 years, I've been coaching small business owners to have more profit with less stress in their business. This podcast is the how for business. So grab a cuppa and let's get started. Welcome to the Business Simplified Podcast. Hey, just before we jump into the interview, I wanted to remind you to make sure you hit subscribe to the Business Simplified Podcast. What that'll do is it'll make sure it keeps the podcast in your library so for quick and easy access, plus you'll get updates, notifications, letting you know when there's a new episode ready for you to listen to. So let's jump into the interview now. So welcome, Karen. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Excited to have you here today talking about one of my favorite topics, which is LinkedIn. So let's start with just a little bit about you. So tell us a bit about you and how you became an expert on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for having me here. So I really love being on podcasts and I really, really appreciate you including me in this. Um, so I know I know you work a lot with business owners. I'm actually an accidental entrepreneur. So I started my business while I was on maternity leave. Um, I had a background in recruitment and as a recruiter, I've been using LinkedIn since 2005. And I used to use it to headhunt for people. And I realized when I was headhunting that I could also use it to search for clients that I would want to sell to. So I reverse engineered my success, smashed my sales targets. I mean, recruitment's all about sales really. Um, Just by realizing that you could actually search for people that you wanted to do business with. Kind of planted a little seed in my head. And uh, then when I went on maternity leave, I was looking around at part-time jobs and feeling really uninspired. And I thought I could start teaching people how to use LinkedIn and writing LinkedIn profiles. So I started a little lifestyle business. It was a little bit more than a hobby and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And now, you know, my husband is, you know, COVID and everything. He's still got a job, but, you know, frequently he's like, well, it's a bit scary. And I'm like, honey, don't worry about the bills. I got this, (laughs) you know, that little side hustle, it's doing all right. So, um, but a very much an accidental 11 year journey for me. I think that's why I love having you on today is because not only do you understand LinkedIn, but you've personally used it to grow your own business. And I think it's something that many small business owners don't understand is I think LinkedIn's kind of the forgotten one in all of your social media platforms that people don't realize the power it actually has. And maybe that's what we need to start with is maybe you need to explain a little bit about what LinkedIn actually is, because I think a lot of people think that it's just a site for people who are in the corporate world to have their resumes on there. But what what is LinkedIn actually and how can a small business owner use it? 
it's changed so much. LinkedIn has changed so much um, since the days where it was somewhere that you went just to look for a job. And when we looked at LinkedIn's own revenue, we can really see that in the results. So the last six years, it's certainly been seen as a place that is, it's a marketplace. This is where you can search for people that you want to do business with. Um, so that might be clients, but it might also be uh, investors or, or franchise partners or, you know, who suppliers. Who do you want to do business with? Could be podcast guests. You know, it's where you can search for a range of different people that you'd want to work with and you can build relationships slowly over time. The difference between LinkedIn and Facebook, which people also see as a marketplace, is on Facebook you have to pay to advertise. You have to pay to get reach on your posts. So if people are using Facebook, something that I think a lot of business owners, especially small business owners, are really orientated towards using, you can take that business content and you can put it on LinkedIn, push it out from your personal profile and it doesn't cost you anything. But it's, it's primarily a place where you build relationships. It's a relationship management tool. I think that's where a lot of small business owners come unstuck is they don't understand that power and that it's not yet utilised like Facebook is. So therefore, there's a lot more reach to it. And I always say to people that I sort of think of like, when you go to Facebook, it's like going to a wedding. Whereas when you go to LinkedIn, it's like going to a business networking event that everyone's there to talk about business. Is that kind of how you would see it as well? Absolutely. So I think of it as a marketplace. I think of it as the world's biggest networking event. You know, that is global. So everybody's there. Everybody's in the newsfeed. If you click on the home button and you, you'll see just posts in your newsfeed, those people are there to do business. And when you scroll through the newsfeed, you'll see that they're not advertising. Uh, there are some adverts in there. Are people who don't know how to use LinkedIn properly. And so they're at the marketplace, they're at the networking event and they're waving their billboard madly. But there are also those people who are putting out content that adds value, that are really talking with people and really having those conversations. You know, I really loved your episode uh, with Garth Williamson from Shutterstock. I thought that was just such a fan. I mean, all of your podcast episodes are, are brilliant, but I think that one I mean, I was just literally shouting while it was on, going, yes, you know, because I, he talks so cleverly about this idea that content is giving information, it's giving tips, it's contributing to the dialogue. And that's what we have on LinkedIn. It's a lot of people are using it like that already. Um, it's already that marketplace, but not everybody's on there. And certainly because not everybody's on there, it's much easier to stand out, I think, at the moment. So, um, but if most of your listeners are in Australia, Australia has a massive reach in terms of LinkedIn. Uh, we've got 90% of the workforce uses LinkedIn in some capacity. So it's 11.2 million profiles on in Australia alone. So, you know, it is one of the fastest growing. Um, and Q2 2020, uh, the LinkedIn activity increased by 27%. So, and that was from businesses. I mean, it's incredible when you start to look at that that reach and um, I agree Garth was lovely and I'm sure your episode is going to be just as great you know he was great to chat to but you know adding that content so I suppose for most small business owners even though you know I'm staggered by that number I didn't realize so many people had a, a LinkedIn profile in Australia but 
Is there some businesses that it just wouldn't work for or should everybody get a LinkedIn profile? That's like step one, isn't it? Get your own profile and, and put that up. Is there is there anyone in particular in an industry that it, it probably wouldn't work for or do you believe it could work for everyone? I think it works best for people that are B2B. I think that they have the most success on LinkedIn. However, people do business with people. They don't do business with brands. Um, and if 2020 has taught us anything um, and the events of COVID, it's that people really do connect with people. They want to connect with people. So, um, you know, there's a, a florist um, in Grimsby in the UK who's massively popular because of her LinkedIn profile. People are driving through the UK and they stop there to see and say hello to Kate Lister and buy some flowers from her. She's a florist. You know, there's somebody who does swimwear on LinkedIn doing incredibly well. A um, couple of beauticians who were, who were doing work. So I think of it as a B2B platform, but I think that's my natural conservatism. I, I sort of think, well, it's easier to talk about business than it is to talk about your products that you're selling to a consumer. So I, I think it's much easier, but everybody should have a profile. But I just think if you're in B2B, it's you have to. It's just you're missing huge opportunities. And I think that's those examples you've given are great examples because it's true that people do business with people and so i just think about the number of you know executive men that are on linkedin that should be buying their wives some flowers you know so you could see why that could work and and looking for those people to go and follow and see how they're doing it so as an example what does this florist do so well that attracts people like when you obviously you've studied this florist so you know what they're doing what do you see that they're doing really well as a non-business to business entity? What are they doing really well to capture that audience who's actually following them and building that reputation? She's a giver. So she never posts on LinkedIn without scrolling through her newsfeed and uh, commenting on nine other posts before she posts something herself. So she's putting money in the bank before she's withdrawing. And a lot of people just turn up on LinkedIn and they're waving their billboards and they're talk, 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 talk about themselves. They're not giving. So having watched her in 2018, early 2018, I had been doing very similarly. I'd been posting quite a lot, but not commenting on other people's posts, especially if they were posting on topics that wasn't exactly aligned to what I believed in or what my interests are. Now, since mid 2018, I've been so much more open-minded and I have a rule to myself, I will not post on LinkedIn unless I've commented on at least nine other posts. Give first and it comes back. You know, this is not about being the loudest person in the room. It's about who can build the relationships, the better. You know, who's, who's really good at building online strategic relationships. So who do you want to do business with? Look at those people and comment on their posts, comment on their comments. You know, build yourself alliances. Look at who's servicing the same clients as you and reach out, connect with them. Have a conversation. Take it offline if you can. What she does differently, she invests in people. She builds that relationship first. I think there's a good point to that as well is that when you're actually doing a post, make it easy for people to comment. Because like when you're saying that, I'm like, I looked through my LinkedIn feed this morning and other than congratulating a couple of people, People were putting things up that I'm like, I don't even know how to respond to that. I don't even know how to 
to make a comment on that without saying, oh, nice post or well done, which I just go, that just sounds stupid and looks like I'm just trying to do comments. I'd rather comment less but make it meaningful. So what what's the best way to allow people to actually make comments and how do you comment on other people's things? Like without it sounding like you're just, you know, making it up and sounding like you're just trying hard. <laughs> Awesome question. That's such a clever question. And you know, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. And I always like I'm always telling people you've got to put questions in your post, make it easy for people to comment on. And they're like, Oh, really? And I'm like, yes. You know? <laughs> so think of content as conversations, you know, and even your LinkedIn profile, you know, start your LinkedIn profile with a question that talks to who your audience is you know who do you most want to influence who do you most want to attract it's probably customers but it might not be and ask questions of them and make those questions on your posts on your content quite simple questions make them easy to answer you don't want to give somebody questions that are really hard to think on if you don't feel brave enough, if you're like, what if I ask a question and nobody responds? <laughs> Make it some, you know, we've all had that moment. I've had that moment as a content creator. I'm like, what if I just get crickets? Um, then ask something that's somewhat rhetorical. Uh, your other question there, which is how do you comment on other people's posts when you want to build that relationship and their post is just so one dimensional, they're just standing on their soapbox and they're talking and there is no dialogue and there aren't any questions and there's no two way. Then what, what I tend to do is I find something in their post that really resonates with me and I cut and paste it, easier to do on your phone, cut and paste it into a comment, put quotation marks around it and say, I love this. This really speaks to me because of and it's amazing how many people like my comments on other people's posts and say, oh, so well said, Karen. I'm like, no, no, I, I just said exactly what they said. Like they spent hours agonizing over this wording. I just took their wording and copied the bit that spoke to me the most in there. So I just paraphrase back and that looks longer than great post. It also gives them feedback on what really resonated with me and shows that I've read the post. Oh, I love that. And you're going to discover I ask different questions because my listeners will know that I'm asking questions from my perspective as well. I want to learn. So I always love having people on the podcast that I'm learning from. So I'm just picking your brain here and everybody's getting to listen in on the conversation of that. So let's go back to the profile. What what are the main must-dos in your profile? How do you actually craft a profile that works really well on LinkedIn? Because I'm sure there's some do's and don'ts and rules and things that'll work better. What What's the best way to actually come up with a profile? And I'm sure you know how to do this because you've written lots of them for people. So what do we need to do on our profile to make it really stand out and really convey who we are on that sort of a platform? Absolutely. Yeah, profile writing is my thing. So content's really a bit secondary to me. I, I'm, I really love that LinkedIn profile writing because I think it's so important that we do write authentically. So I think most people write their LinkedIn profile thinking that this is some sort of existential exercise and they have to put in there how they want to be seen by people and they're thinking about what makes them look good and makes them look impressive. And I think we need to stop trying to be impressive and just try to serve. So always be very clear on what are you on LinkedIn to do? Who do you want to impress? And what do they care about? 
and you're not there to please you're there to uh, and by please I mean you're not there to sort of uh, be all things to all people you're there to really talk about the problems you solve and who you solve them for so really being crystal clear on what your business does and who it does it for and make sure you've got that all through your LinkedIn profile there are parts of your LinkedIn profile that are really important that are always massively underutilized um, and one of the key parts is your professional headline. So this sits underneath your name. Uh, you've modified yours. You've got podcast and you've also intriguingly got author, but I don't know what you've written about. So I'm dying to ask. <laughs> I'm dying to turn this podcast around and go, what did you write? Uh, because you've just got author hanging there and I don't know what that means, um, what you've written. But it's important to make sure everybody should go and have a look at Tracy Leakes headline because you've got a really good one you know it's got 220 characters and the default is it's just a position title so make sure that you put in there all the things that you you do that you want to do you know and don't write that you're a founder of something because nobody does founding talk to the problems you solve and who you solve them for so that it's really relatable to people and make sure it's keyword rich so think of your headline as if it's seo weighted I also think it's really important that you have an about section um, and if people are looking at their LinkedIn profile and they can't see something that's called about just click on add profile section and have an about section that is very conversational that really talks to your genuine interest in what you do so what problems do you solve who do you solve them for and why did you do that if you're running an accounting business why would you go into accounting and not engineering like tell us about that, you know, really talk with genuine enthusiasm for the problems you solve and also have a background banner. So you don't have a background banner on yours, Tracy. No, you could have an image of you on a podcast. You could have an image of that book that we don't know about. Um, you know, that background banner, you could have your logo. 60% of click throughs on websites come from social media. LinkedIn is social media. So think about having your website address there people can't click on it but they can write it down and retype it in so you know, have a, a background banner that exemplifies what it is you do I was gonna say everyone don't go and look at my profile yet I was sitting there going I should fix it before I talk to Karen and I went oh no Karen's gonna tell me what to do to it so I will go back and fix it so hopefully by the time this podcast comes live to air for everyone I've actually fixed my profile and as soon as you said banner image I'm like oh I don't have a banner image am I about to get in trouble so um yes <laughs> <laughs> and nor to most people nor to most people but I think it's so important it's not going to improve your ranking or your relevancy but it will improve how you make me feel it will improve how remembered you are just by visually capturing what it is you do and a lot of people put up there a picture of the town they live in or um or a picture of a beach and that just kind of tells me you want to be on holiday you know so make sure you've got something that really talks to what it is you do what are the problems you solve you know you're a business coach what is business coach looking like you've got some awesome pictures on your website Tracy like stunning pictures that are really of you they're not stock images you could have a couple of those up there. Oh, I know the image to use. I've already got it in my head of which one I should be using. But I mean, that goes back even to your profile picture in your little circle. I mean, I see a number of people who have no picture, which just amazes me. They Because I'm like, I need to connect with you. I want to know what you look like. Who are you? And it's not so much, you know, do you look all fancy dancy? I just want to know what you look like. I like to look in people's eyes. I like that eye contact. 
And then you have other people who have photos, but they're so far away. It's like a full, you know, body image of them. So I can't see their face. Is there some tips on what you should be putting in there? Because I'm assuming that your logo is just as bad as having no image. It's possibly worse than having no image because you've taken the time to put a logo in there. So what are you hiding? Do you think that I just want to do business with the business? Are you not going to give away anything of who you are? Are we never going to connect on a human level ever? You know, so it is really important that you as a business owner uh, or business leader, that you do make sure that your key staff have got profiles and that they've got profile photos because people connect with people. And if you get all of your employees using LinkedIn, you've just expanded brand footprint at no cost because if your employees have got profile photos, they've got background banners that maybe have the company logo in and they're looking great and it's a headshot photo. It's not, as you said, a whole torso photo. People can see in their eyes. You're showing a bit of teeth, so it's never going to be used as a passport photo and you're looking friendly and happy. You know, then people are thinking, oh, it looks like a great place to work. You know, you've got talent attraction going on. You've broadened your customer footprint. You know, he yeah, headshot photos are so important and don't wear sunglasses. Oh my goodness, I've never seen that. I, oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> it's a bit of a... <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I, I see that a lot from people from WA and I think I can pick on them because I'm from WA originally. So yeah, bright sunlight in WA all the time. Everybody's wearing mirrored sunglasses. Not helpful for LinkedIn. Especially when we're trying to look into your eyes. So let's move now. Another one that I'm interested to know is about sending direct messages to people. I actually had a client who was asking me last week and they, they were actually trying to get in touch with a couple of people that they just wanted to pick their brain with. And they said, I'm just not getting any cut through on my direct messages. I know people who are trying to reach out to people in their direct messages to do business with them. What What's the appropriate way of reaching out to people in direct messages on LinkedIn and how, how do you actually cut through so people don't think that you're just spamming them? Don't spam them. <laughs> so uh, so many people say, I don't want to spam, but how do I use in-mail? I'm like, so what are you using in-mail for? They're like, uh, I really want to uh, talk about my business and tell them about my business and how I can do all this stuff for them. I'm like, that's spam. Don't use an in-mail. Send them a personalized invitation to connect. And before you send them a personalized invitation to connect, see if they're posting anything on LinkedIn and make sure that you are commenting on their posts. And maybe do that a couple of times before you send them an invite to connect. And, and that's hard work, you know, you're commenting on their posts, maybe on a Monday, you're diarising their name for maybe the following Monday or the Tuesday, and you're sending them an invite to connect. And it's a personalised invite to connect. So you're clicking on the add note you're doing on your desktop, and you're adding a note and you're picking something in their profile. I see you work in this industry and uh, it's really interesting that you're doing this. Um, I work in a similar industry. You're not saying, I see you work in this industry and I want you to be my client. You know, you're not waiting for that. You're not a lion in the long grass waiting for a wounded zebra to come along and it comes along and you're tearing it to pieces. You don't do that. Instead, you're, it's like panning for gold. You're sifting through the sand here, you know, and you're building those relationships really slowly. And coming back to the florist, you're coming from that place of giving. You're giving, giving, giving. So you're sending a personalized invitation to connect. They're accepting your invite to connect and you are doing nothing with it for a few weeks. 
You're not pouncing on them. They are not a wounded lebra, a zebra, you know, whatever a lebra is, um, you know, and then you're reaching out and you're saying, I found an article that I thought you might be interested in. And you're not asking for anything from them. You're not asking them to like one of your posts. You're not asking them to respond. You're just giving them something that might interest them. And then a month later, you're reaching out and you're saying, um, I just wondered if you had time for a 10 minute chat. I just want to pick your brain on something. And you're making it genuine and you're not pitching in that 10 minutes if they even agree to that 10 minutes. And they might say, no, no, I don't want to talk. Or they might say, you know, I'd what do you want to pick my brain on? And you're being, I have a specific question about this and, and try and, you know, and I appreciate you're really busy, but I, I'm just really stuck here and I notice we're connected and I wondered if you could help me or refer me to somebody who can. Um, you know, it's, I promise it won't take longer than 10 minutes. And if at the end of 10 minutes, they're sounding really interested and they want to keep talking, stop them. I know your time is valuable. I'm going to let you go now. And then you're coming back to them later or, or they're coming back to you and you're not pitching until they're saying to you, how much your fees? Can we do business? Not until somebody gives you permission to pitch, can you pitch? It's about building relationships. I get all my business through LinkedIn um, and I've had a bit of a, um, an awesome problem this year. I planned on getting my website redone earlier this year, took down my old one and I don't have a website. I haven't had a website now for a few years and I'm busier than ever, I'm making more money than I've ever made. And it's all through LinkedIn and it's all through that relationship building. It's not about sell, sell, sell. It's never about spam, spam, spam. It's about direct messaging because you're already connected to that person. I think that's such a good point because, you know, it's the same. I always, when I'm talking to clients and they're trying to understand how to use these tools online, which for some reason, everybody all of a sudden thinks that this is brand new. All LinkedIn is doing is allowing you to connect with people right around the world, but the principles of that connection are exactly the same. You've just been saying it, it's about relationship building. You know, I use the analogy of when you go to a business networking event, you don't sign someone on the spot. That's like going to the pub and trying to get married. You've got to you've got to build a, yeah, you've got to build a relationship. You know, you would never walk up to a guy at the pub and say, "Hey, let's get married." They would run a mile. How many, how many children would you like, do you see yourself having in the future? Oh, by the way, what's your name? You know, you never do that in real life. And yet people do it all the time on LinkedIn. And I get some of those people will say to me, they'll argue with me when they, when they pitch with me on LinkedIn and I message them back and say, how's that working for you? And they're like, well, you know, one in a hundred says yes. And I'm like, and 99 say no. What if you put less effort into constantly spamming people and you just developed relationships with people who are your ideal clients and, and just really spent time on them. Another thing that's worked really well for me is just understanding, um, I did just a couple of units of sociology and I'm really interested in how people work as teams, you know, what and how people group think and, and, and social movements and stuff like that. I've just got a really nerdy obsession with social trends are something that works quite well for LinkedIn. And I know that people like people who they like. So um, so I went to a wedding in Market River, girlfriend of mine's wedding, Jane Barry. And um, she had friends from all over the world turn up at this wedding. It's a four-day wedding. It was amazing. And I left this four-day wedding knowing that if I go to Paris, I've got somebody I can stay with now. It's one of her best friends. 
you know, and same with these people in the UK and people who came from all over the world. And I thought, wow, how funny that after four days, I made people, I made friends with people at age 47, I'm pretty old, I'm making friends with people who I really, really, really like all of these people. And I'm like, yeah, but I really love Janie. So if I love Janie, of course, I'm going to love her friends. And the same thinking works on LinkedIn. So don't ever or, or try not to find your ideal client on LinkedIn and they're in your third network, which means you don't know anybody in common and don't just reach out to them. Find somebody who's in the second network first. So you really want to, when you're clicking in that search bar and you're clicking on all filters, sort by second network because those are people who you can see who you've got in common. And you can always reach out to somebody and say, hey, Adrian, I can see that you're connected to Sally. I'd love to reach out to Sally. Don't worry about introducing me. I know you're too busy for that. But is it okay if I say to Sally that I know you? And he might say, actually, I don't know Sally very well. I don't know why I connected with her. Or he might say, yeah, absolutely. And don't forget to say this, you know, so think about that second network, because when we think about network science and how people work in tribes, you're really likely to like somebody that you have someone in common with. I also like to people I know that won't put up with just garbage. I, I like to see who they're connected to because I know normally they won't connect with people that are not quality people. But it's so true that, you know, we birds of a feather flock together. Um, we all start to, to hang out and things. So what would be your top tips on going in as a small business owner using LinkedIn? Like how often should you be on LinkedIn? How much time should you spend? What are the, some key points to actually making it work for you so that you're not just there, you know, connecting, but it will eventually one day lead to business? What are the top things that you can do as a small business owner to actually make that happen, knowing that every small business owner will say, I don't have time for one more thing. This is so busy. You know, it's got to have some return on investment for me. What would be your top tips for them? It will definitely have return on investment for you. Definitely. But it's not a silver bullet. You know, there are a lot of dots on LinkedIn. Um, there is, you can have a really great profile, but you're not sending invitations to connect to anybody. So you're not growing your network and you could have a really great profile and maybe you are growing your network, but you're not creating content. So there's a lot of different dots. And if you join all those dots, you get a squiggly line. And within that, there's a lot of revenue and a lot of money to be made. So you will definitely get some benefit from LinkedIn, but I think it's important that you only invest the time you have. And if you're saying, I don't have any time, well, then you don't have time to make more money. So, and sometimes I've even had clients say, I don't want more business. And I can tell you, let's just have a look at how much I put up my fees year on year on year um, and how lucky and grateful I am to do that. Um, but I keep putting up my fees because every time I get even more clients, I have to put up my fees because time at work it's time that I could otherwise spend with my two daughters. So, you know, it has to come at a cost. So the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. But LinkedIn does want you to stay addicted on platform. It does want you constantly creating content and constantly connecting with every random stranger out there. So just always keep your objective in mind. What are you here to do? Make sure that all your content relates. Well, listen to your wonderful episode. Um, with Garth Williamson and make sure that all of your content comes back to what it is you do for a living. Make sure that you're connecting with the right people 
and they might not be your customers, but they might know your customers. So, you know, who is it you want to know and make sure you're nurturing that second network. Make sure you have a good profile with a good headshot photo, with a background banner, <laughs> uh, with a headline, with an about section. And also in your company, um, in your about profile, make sure that you've got your contact details in there as well, because not everybody's nuanced on using LinkedIn and they might not click on the contact info section. So make sure that you're flattening the path, you're being easy to be contacted, you're putting your website address everywhere and just give. So when you do hop onto LinkedIn, and I think it's really great to just do it a few minutes a day, set an egg timer if you like. Um, I actually do it while I'm frying an egg every morning. <laughs> I stand in the kitchen while I'm frying an egg and I scroll through my newsfeed and I'm comment, 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 comment. So I just show up every day and I give every day and I only post two or three times a week, but you could only post once a week. That would actually be enough if it's a quality post that adds value to people. I think they're such great points and I'll certainly be getting off our episode today and going and looking at my LinkedIn profile and putting a banner image up before anybody else discovers that I don't have a banner image. So um, we'll certainly be doing that. Hey, thank you so much. Before we finish up, you better tell us exactly how do you work with clients and, um, and what that looks like. Like someone was going to come to you, how do you actually help them? I help people even if they're not my clients. I really believe that we all need to think of ourselves as a famous chef and just give away your recipes. You know, just give away all your recipes. People are still going to come to your restaurant. Um, as I heard Seth Godin say the other day, Godin, Godin, um, which I thought was such a clever thing. Um, and I was already saying to people, you need to give away your recipes. And he said, if Coca-Cola suddenly told you the recipe for Coca-Cola, you're not going to go away and make it yourself, are you? <laughs> you're still going to keep buying Coca-Cola. And I thought that was so great. So people can find me on LinkedIn. Do look me up on LinkedIn, noticing that I've got a, a really weird spelling for my last name. It's not Tisdale. It's Tisdell, T-I-S-D-E-L-L. -L. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on LinkedIn and you can find out everything you ever need to do on LinkedIn and never have to pay me a cent because I just think... Just give away all of your recipes. People will still turn up to the restaurant. You know, if you've got lots of time, then just devour all the content. If you did want to work with me, um, then uh, I do have listed on my profile that I do write profiles and, um, and, and that sort of process. We tend to have a 10-minute discovery call, see if it's right fit, and then sort of go from there. But there's no pressure. I just, I really think everybody needs to be creating content that's really focused on giving, and I walk the talk in that. Absolutely. I'm a big believer of that as well. Just always adding value. I always say, if you're always adding value, you usually can't go wrong. Um, so everybody's going to go and check out Karen and find her on LinkedIn. And then I'm sure they're all going to come and check out and see if I've now got a banner on my profile. <laughs> so I will keep a hold of that. Oh, <laughs> Karen's awesome. So many people haven't. I don't feel too bad. At least I've got a photo where you can see my eyes. Um, and we'll get this episode up so everybody can see it. I will be sharing it on LinkedIn, of course, as well as everywhere else. Thank you so much for your time today, Karen. I really appreciate it. Lots of little to-dos there that have come out of this. So with everyone who's listening, maybe you might need to go back and take some notes and work out what are the things that you need to do. I really think that LinkedIn is something that we're underutilizing as small business owners. And as Karen's demonstrated today, it's something that there's so many people on. 
and at this point in time you can still get in front of people whereas you know it's getting ever ever increasingly harder and harder on the other platforms where linkedin you can have that conversation with people and it's it's normal to be talking about business that's why i love linkedin because i think i'm kind of naturally a pretty boring and dull person in in normal life and i always feel like i'm not the star of a show on instagram and things like that but LinkedIn is exactly where I feel comfortable because it's all about business. So it's really good. So thank you again. Really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So I love your podcast. It's fantastic. And I hope that people will go back and listen to your other episodes, especially Garth Williamson's brilliant stuff. So thank you so much, Tracy. Really appreciate it. Did you know that nine out of every 10 business owners complain that they simply don't have enough time? I believe that not having enough time is one of the greatest excuses that holds small business owners back from their true potential and the profits they deserve. We've all been taught our entire lives that being in business means working around the clock to achieve success because business is supposed to be hard, right? I believe business should be simple and this is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Time. I want to show you how to take control back on your time, how to think about time differently and all with simple strategies that take no time to implement so that you then have the time to create the success you desire. And the best part is, the program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.tracyleek.com time and we can get started right now.